What's your revolution? Revolutionaries was good. Today's episode is brought to you by the Rogue Media Group, which is a veteran-led integrative marketing agency with affiliated networks that reach nearly 1 million multicultural professionals, business owners, and public policymakers. RMG, as it's affectionately known, was founded in 2013 by my dude, Maximilian Hamilton, and has grown from a single offering to a multifaceted media company that offers everything from media planning and buying to written content development, sponsorship consulting, and conference development, as well as digital marketing, custom video, DEI strategy, personal branding, and speaker sourcing. RMG's signature program, one that I was able to MC last year, is the fifth annual Fuel, the ultimate men's summit. It will take place this year in November, the 9th through the 12th, 2023, in Houston, Texas. The annual summit is a gathering of 500 plus CEOs, professionals, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. Participants will explore and discuss advancing the mobility of black professionals, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. The summit will include a golf outing, panel discussions, keynotes, breakout sessions, and awards recognition, and guess this, a celebration of hip hop's 50th anniversary. To learn more about RMG and Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit, visit www.roguemg.com. And now, let's get ready for the show. Pastor Osazi Robert Murray. Osazi, what's your revolution? My revolution right now remains similar to before, which is to impact men so that men can impact their families, right? And so that's still my revolution. That's still my trajectory. I think the one thing that I'm walking through right now that's especially unique is this idea of being still and knowing that I'm God. That's what the psalmist said, being still and know that I'm God. God. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's a Revolution show. A show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. Where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corcoran. What's good, revolutionaries? I hope all is well. That you are doing your thing. And as we say that you are finding your communities. And that you are fulfilling your revolution. A couple years ago... I had my dear friend, Pastor Osaze Robert Murray. I actually didn't even know that Robert was his middle name until he put it into the, the calendar invite when he, calendar invite when he was uh, scheduling for the show. But my dear friend, Osaze Robert Murray, came on the show and blew it out. Literally, the title of the show is The Power of Prayer in Unsettling Times. And I have had people from all over the country reach out to me and say, wow, who is that brother? Like, what, like literally, wow, like his words were so moving and riveting and that it made me really think about how am I praying? How am I sitting with my faith, right? The power of faith. That's right. It was a power of faith in unsettling times. How am I sitting with my faith? How am I moving closer to God? And so I kept thinking about, I was like, it's time. It, it's time because so many people have reached out and said, when are you going to have this brother back on your show? And I was like, okay, we've been going through something in our country. We've been going through a lot of things, right? At the recording of this show, there was a young brother in Kansas City who was going to pick up his brothers, right? Young brother, right? I mean, young, young brother, going to pick up his brothers, rang the doorbell. He was on the wrong street of the wrong house and innocently, and I'm saying that, innocently rang the doorbell of a, of a house and was shot in the head. And then the owner came out and shot him again. But the power, the power, right? The power of faith, right? Fortunately, that brother is still alive at the recording of this show. And so we need to think about our faith. We need to think about prayer. We need to think about what that looks like in community. 
and one of the most powerful people that I know. And let me let me just say this before I even bring this in. And we were talking about it in the green room and we were talking about First Baptist Butte Street, which is both of ours church home. And I was asked by a good friend, have you been back to church? And I was like, no, I haven't been back to church because his father, if you go back to that episode, we talk at length about the power of his father. And I said, his message was so strong to me that I don't know if I can listen to anybody else. But then I caught myself and I said, well, I listened to you. And that's the power of Pastor Osaze, Robert Murray, right? That he has the ability to bring generations together. And so in this time, I think that we need to revisit revisit what it means to have faith in these unsettling times. So I bring back to the show, my dude, my friend, and my dear brother, Osaze Murray. What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm hanging tough, man. Thank you, good brother. It's so good to be with you again and all of the great revolutionaries out here. No, man. I look, and they're going to love that. They love, they, 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 look, they love when you talk to them and you call, call their names, man. Look, I got to give, give a shout out to, you know, see that big N on your, uh, on your hat. And now we're on, look, we're on YouTube. So folks get to see, folks who get to see you talk a little bit about that hat. You know what I'm saying? We are, we are both, we are both tie water boys. And, you know, talk a little bit about that for a second. When people see that, you're like, wait, is that a Negro league hat or yeah. what, what is that? Man, it's, it's the Norfolk Tides. So before they were the Tides, they were the Norfolk Tars. And so uh, growing up in Norfolk, there's a lot of pride in the city, a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, what the city puts inside of us. Like you said, 757 puts inside of us. Um, we eat yak. You know what I mean? You don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We got crabs. We got all that stuff. But then we have this East Coast component that that influences all of who we are. While right. still being in the south of Virginia, so it's it's just everything in the midst of it, and so um yeah, I just I just found a hat online. I said, man, that's my yeah. city, so I, I I wear it with pride. I'm nothing wrong with that, and and, and thinking about repping your city, yeah, and 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 getting back to our roots, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I think about that. I think about the 757. I, I held my 757 number even when I moved to my beloved New Orleans, you know, uh, shout out to the 504. And But it was it, it's something about holding on to your roots, holding on to that 757, holding on to Norfolk, holding on to Virginia Beach that, you know, when you go out into the world, it gave us something, you know, and, and we just talked about uh, Eric Thomas, the, the 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 one of the most powerful speakers in the world, and he's he 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 said something that really resonates with me that I, that I've said before, is that there's a difference between leaf work and root work. Mm. And if we think about the if we think about the root work that happened when we were going to First Baptist, mm-hmm. right? Let's talk about that for a second. I, I just want to give credence to right the root work that happened. Yeah when we were going to First Baptist Church as, as a kid, right? Talk about, because we, we, we've just said 757, we've said Norfolk, but let's break it down to First Baptist Butte Street. Yeah. What, what do you think were the seeds that were planted in you by going to that historic building and, and, and then imbibing the knowledge from some of the most prolific leaders in Norfolk yeah. that went to our church? What was that like for you? Yeah, you're looking at, if I'm not mistaken, a church that is historical. You know what I mean? And so as a landmark in the city and as a beacon of light and a conduit for civil rights and for spiritual uh, advancement, you really can't get another blueprint, another picture of something like that in Norfolk without talking about First Baptist Church um, in terms of being a place where kids who weren't allowed to go to school, right? Because because the governor is just like, we're not integrating schools. Well, these kids got to be ready to go to school next year when schools get yeah, integrated. Exactly. So they're going to get educated at First Baptist Church, right? So you, you have all these traditions, but not just traditions, all these movements of power that are necessary. And so, you know, just thanking God for those roots that are in us as well, you know, uh, as you mentioned, in terms of what you want to do now, what I want to do now, I can't help but say it had its, its foundation at that church, exactly. right? In terms of being exactly. involved, in terms of seeing people excel and be the best that they can be and impact their communities. And I think that's the other part about it, why we always reach back. Because that's yeah. the kind of place we came from, is mm-hmm. always reaching back. You mentioned this young brother, I think his name is Ralph, uh, who was shot in Kansas City. Yeah. And, and when you think about him being shot, 
someone saying he grabbed at the doorknob, right? But how, how do you ring the doorbell and then grab the doorknob to mean harm, right? So it would be a First Baptist Church if that was in, if that happened, it happened in Kansas City, but if that happened in, in Norfolk, First Baptist Church would have been one of those churches along with other churches to create legal aid for his family, to make sure that, you know, this doesn't get swept under the rug, to make sure that it's in the newspaper. And so that's where we come from, you know, yeah. from a church like that. Exactly. And you think that you said something that's so poignant, who we are as people right now in this world, right? We, th- we think about this, right? And when, when revolutionaries, when you go and, and Google Pastor Osazi Murray, you will be able to, and I imbibe is my word these days, right? You will be in, intake the, the, the wonderful sounds and knowledge and intellect of, of, of I, I even want to say at this stage, you were like a seasoned pastor, wow. right? Think about that, right? And look, one of us is still young in this, <laughs> right? But, but a seasoned pastor, right? And to think about, you remember sitting on those pews and so many people stood up and, 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 and poured into us. Mm-hmm. And then what they did, Osazi, was ask us to get up and follow them to mimic, right? To then create, and then not only mimic, but then to create our own brand right there. Mm -hmm. You think about how many times did you get up and pray on the pulpit? Mm -hmm. How many times did you lead service? How many times did you have to stand up in a leadership role right there in church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that root word, Right. I know revolution as you hear me, that root work that happens in a place when people say we want to pour into children mm-hmm. and we want to pour into adolescents. We want to pour into leaders. Right. You know, when you walk into church these days, they still calling me Chucky. They still saying Osaze. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not Chaplain Murray. It's not Dr. Corporal. Yeah. It, it, it is all those little in, in, infectious things that we were called. So shout out to the historic First Baptist Butte Street. And we're going to give a shout out to your father. Yeah. Right. Dr. Robert George Murray. Yes. You know, who led the flock for so long, so long. And and how, you know, if you go back and listen to the first episode, Pastor Osazi Murray, we talk at length about the impact of his father. But just want to give a shout out to him and his lovely bride. Yeah. The the uh, Amanda Murray. Yes. And all that she's done in this world. But let's move this question. You know, I'm going to ask you uh, yeah. and, I'm, and see how it's changed over the last couple of years. Osazi, what's your revolution? You know what? Right now, and I love that question every time you ask it, uh, even as I listen to other guests answer it. My revolution right now remains similar to before, which is to impact men so that men can impact their families. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's still my revolution. That's still my trajectory. I think the one thing that I'm walking through right now that's especially unique is this idea of being still and knowing that I'm God. That's what the psalmist said, Mm. being still and know that I'm God. Because if I'm not careful, and I'm just going to call you Chuck because that's how I grew up with you. Yeah, do your thing, brother. I've been called all kinds of things on this show. Hey, man, you're all right. If I'm not not careful, I will move without God's presence with me. Mm And the cool thing is a friend of mine once told me, he's from New Orleans too. He said, God doesn't move a parked car, but it doesn't mean I'm always going to be in reverse drive or neutral. I just need to be ready. You know what I mean? I need to be, Mm. I need to be in one of those categories, reverse neutral drive. And so I think my revolutionary right now, my revolution right now is to be still more, be Mm. still and know that he is God. And it's, it's not like super deep. Like sometimes I just sit in the car in the parking lot early and wait for one of my kids to finish whatever they're finishing. Or I'll just, instead of going inside Panera to get my little sip club, I'll send my son in to go get it for me. (laughs) So I can just sit down for a second, just slow down and be still. So that's my, that's my revolution these days. Man, I I love it because (laughs) it's interesting doing this show and being able to sit here and, and, I, I get the vantage point of hearing all of these different revolutions, right? Over six years, I get to hear them, but my brain begins to synthesize so many things so quickly. And the, the, the idea of stillness has been one of the themes this year. Mm. Osase. 
I didn't know that. Like this, this, yeah, this, uh, this idea. And I've talked about it at length because life will make you, life will make you still. Events will happen in your life, right? Things will, things will say, you need to slow down because you're moving too fast. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what is that? And what, what I'm saying is that you're moving too fast is that the stillness will allow you to see what's next. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a wonderful thing. And, and my revolutionaries know that I had been on sabbatical. In my in my fifties, I took a sabbatical. I took time off, mm-hmm. and Osazi, the clarity that it has provided me, mm-hmm. right? The clarity that it has provided me, the stillness of it, has allowed me to to listen and to see clearer than I have seen in years. Mm-hmm. But I want you to talk about this, right? Talk about the importance of what it means. The stillness means for the, the, not the monolith, but the diversity of men that listen and hear this. Talk about your, like what you define and why it's important for you to be still, to see the future. That's the point. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. And and we're going to get to that question specifically. I'm on sabbatical myself. Ah. And I think, I know everyone can't take take it, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. You're blessed. But, uh, this lady, Ruth Haley Barton, she said something that was significant to me. Those old, uh, tourist gifts where you shake it up, you shake up the globe and it's like <laughs> snow or whatever else that's coming. I think being still allows you to wait till all of it comes down so you could totally see everything that's in that globe. Right. And so in order to pinpoint what's next as a man, we're talking to the brothers in order to be able to see what's in the future. You have to like slow down long enough to not be so engaged that you can see the different angles and you can begin to like identify what's clearly here and what's not clearly here. Because, you know, sometimes we say men aren't as emotional, but listen, when you're not still, everything is emotional. Everything. Everything is personal. Everything, everything is like, why is this happening to me? Da, 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 da. But when we get to a point where it's like, Okay, I'm still, it could be personal. I do have emotions about it, but the bigger picture may require me to handle it differently. And so that's the way I see the stillness in a really good way. You know, as a matter of fact, I started practicing stillness and I didn't even know it over the Christmas holiday. Mm -hmm. When I'm driving into that that, uh, parking lot and I'm waiting for that person who's supposed to get out of the parking spot. They, t- they, they tend to take longer knowing that I'm waiting for a parking spot. That's how it feels. It feels like, yo, you're taking a lot more time now that you know I'm waiting for the parking spot. And, and so it slows me down, even though I don't want to slow down, because they have something that I want and they're blocking it. Mm. They're in the way. Mm. But when I'm still, I can say, you know what? They are in the way, but they are moving. And that's how it is for us. Like something's in the way, but it will move. I got this business. I want to get started. It's something's in the way. This paperwork's in the way, but it will move. And so that stillness allows you to have that mentality. Yeah. You know, that makes me, it reminds me of Viktor Frankl's uh, quote between the space, between stimulus and you know, between stimulus and response, there is a space. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and let me make sure that I, I read the quote correctly between stimulus and response. There's a space in that space is our power to choose our response and our response lies our growth and our freedom. I'm going to hypothesize that that space is stillness. Because if we take the time, if we take the time, I've been triggered or something. There's a, there's, there's some sort of stimulus. And like you said, when the world is moving fast, I'm going to respond. I'm going to, I'm just going to innately respond. But if I can take that moment to be still, to breathe and then respond, like you said, it's an opportunity for growth and freedom. Yes. And think about what that is, right? What freedom looks like for men, for people, for humans, for black men. Mm-hmm. When we are still, it can lead for a more intellectual response, 
which will allow us hopefully to find freedom. And I'm sure, I'm sure because at least it happened for me on sabbatical that I felt free for the first time in a long time to feel what freedom looks like, the freedom of time, the freedom of place, the freedom of money, the freedom of thought. Yeah. The freedom to say no. The freedom to say no. Yeah. It is a, it is a beautiful thing and revolution. As I want you to think about this, and I know I talk about this about Pastor Murray and I have been fortunate to have this time where we can be free to be still, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that you can't find the time Mm -hmm. to be free Mm -hmm. or still give, give our revolutionaries some strategies. If they don't have the time to take sabbatical, how can they find periods in their day to be still? Yeah. So even the term sabbatical, right? It comes from Sabbath. That's where, that's where it comes from. And it comes from this idea of, of taking a Sabbath. So, uh, that would be one way. And I told this to a family, a dear family. They have four wonderful boys. And when I say boys, these kids are boys with a capital B. <laughs> like they're walking around, shirts off, doing push-ups. I mean, it's just like, it's a all boy. Yeah, all boys. And and they, they're trying to find rest and rhythm. And I'm just like, if y'all could just pick a day to take a Sabbath where y'all, like, you crock pot it, whatever you're going to make for dinner. And y'all cease from purchasing anything, going to any store and just resting instead of being a a consumer, just be right. And so I gave them that idea. So that's one way is just taking one day from sundown to sundown where you just rest. Try not to be a consumer. Allow yourself to be okay with not ordering Amazon Prime. Just slow down (laughs) from what you think you need more of. Because it, the, when we get into, mm-hmm. into that will, that hamster wheel of needing more of something, that means we have to produce more to get more. That's just how it works. Yes. When you take a break from that, you realize I have plenty. Oh, I have tomato paste mm-hmm. in the fridge. I can still make spaghetti. Like you start thinking of all the stuff you have and you give thanks. Um, the other thing is, you know, again, it comes from resting the land. Like the land was supposed to be rested every certain amount of years. Right, so you right. could consider like, how can I rest? a part of whatever it is I do from having to run so much. And so for some men, it's your body. You got to mm-hmm. figure out how to rest your body. So you, you haven't taken a nap since you were in a teenager. <laughs> you got to take a nap, just take a nap. It's okay to take a nap. You know what I mean? So little stuff like that will help. And even like I said, just pausing long enough in the parking lot, getting someplace early. So you don't have to rush. Yeah. And then being okay with waiting a while. I live in the DMV area. It's traffic all the time. Waiting out the traffic is another way to rest. Patience. So I just, I'll just say, okay, look, I know I'm going to be in traffic. We'll just sit this one out. We'll sit outside. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah right. we'll sit outside, have iced tea. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> I, so these are little ways to rest. But then you also want to rest your brain, rest your mind. So um, if you are someone who likes to read, read something different than what you're your your profession is or if you're someone who likes to listen to something listen to something other than what your profession is just relax like like try to find and do it in a cycle that is repeatable and then the last one i would say is what we call a daily examine instead make it a weekly examine and so on a particular day each week reflect the week you know reflect back over the week what i find easy to do is to do it based on meals that i had because i'm a foodie Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, oh yeah, Monday, my favorite meal was lunch. And I just write down what I have for lunch and who was with me. Right. And then it, it helps me think of everything else that happened on Monday. Mm-hmm. When, when did I feel closest to God? When did I feel furthest away from God? When did I feel weird emotions that I still don't have a, a, a word for? And mm-hmm. I just kind of like journal it. And I try to do that once a week, same day every week, so I can reflect on my, my week after I finish mm-hmm. it. So much in there. Yes. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This, this stillness. And we had Reggie Hubbard on uh, a couple months ago and he talks about yoga and burnt out Obama administration executive. And he came on and talked. He's like, I needed to find stillness. I needed to find stillness and I had to find a place. And for many and more and more black men and more and more men are getting into a yoga practice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Or a morning ritual where, like you said, there's there's a time for journaling. There's a time for 
prayer. There's a time for meditation. There's a time for yoga, this stillness where you can find where you can find a space where you're not encumbered Mm -hmm. by the phone or by the computer or by your partner. It's this space in time, like you said, where I I'm going back to the word. I'm free. Yeah. Yeah. I am free. But the push is the push is all we hear grind, grind, grind. Pastor Murray, like, yo, I ain't got time to rest. I'm trying to make this money, yeah. right? I'm trying to make these dollars, right? I'm trying to buy this. I'm trying to yeah. do all these things. What you mean rest, man? I'll rest when I die. I'll yeah. sleep yeah. when I die. Yeah. All, all the different things. What's the thing that you say to that person, right? That's saying like, I hear you, but I still got to grind. I'm young. I yeah. still, what do you say to them? I tell them what I tell myself. You, you only have one car. That's your body. If you don't change, if you don't change your oil or put gas in your car, it'll 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 die on the side of the road. So, are you doing something that you can do and you can point to to say this is a regular way I check in with my body? Right. I just start with that because sometimes it's it's too uh, esoteric. You know what I mean? All that other stuff. I just like check in with your body. Is there something that you do with your body where you consciously slow down? You only have this one vehicle. A really good story that I'm reading on resiliency talks about how a, a camel and a horse, a horse will stop. Like a horse will just say, you're not going to push me no I'm more. That's it. I'm, I'm going to get water or we, we, we're not going to keep going. A camel will do what you talked about. A camel will push ahead and say, I got to get this bag. I got to get you to where you got to go. But here's the thing. The camel dies. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't say I'm done. It dies. That's how you know a camel can't go any further. It just dies. And so for us, we got to, before we just die, whether it means we we no longer hold to some certain vows that we said we were going to hold on to, or whether we physically die, or if we just like totally lose it and flip on people we care about, we have to have those moments of rest. So that's how I would challenge that, brother. Just say, hey, yeah. like at the end of the day, when you get that extra bag, what will happen when you die? What will happen when you die? And again, I get, again, I've been listening to a lot of Eric Thomas and he says, you know, one of the things that resonated with me was you can't think that you're going to live forever. Mm -hmm. He was like, he said, God told me to tell you that you're going to die. And I think for the first time, I I think for the first time in my life that, you know, I, 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 and I think probably because it's seven months out since my father passed. Yeah. De- death stands in front of me yeah. more so than more so than it ever has in my life. Yeah. I don't think I've ever said that out loud that, that death kind of stands. And, and it's not that I'm afraid of death, but there's a cognition towards it more so than I've ever had now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I want, I look, and I want to do as much as I can to mitigate the things that I can tr- control to keep my health. Yeah. But at the end of the day, one, one of the things that Eric Thomas says in this is that, I can't control everybody else. Oh. Yeah. And we know we don't know the place nor hour. Yeah. I can't control. I can take care. Yeah. I, I, I can take care of everything that I can. I can eat healthy. I can put a bubble wrap around my car. I can do all the things, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, Pastor, yeah. I can't control everybody else. No, you can't. No. So death is coming. Yeah. What we do right now. Right. To take care of ourselves, to try to mitigate and control everything that we can is going to be important. Right. And rest is a part of that. And I want to, I want everybody to understand that sabbaticals are good. Mm-hmm. Even if the sabbatical is 10 minutes, look, 10 minutes in the bathroom by yourself, praying to God. Right. Having that, having that quiet time to say, I can then move into the next realm of the day, of the week of the year of my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That's the thing. But I, I, I appreciate this. You know, it's, Here's it's a question. Very, I was just going to say, ahead, it's very, go ahead. very sacred what you just shared with all your listeners and what you just shared with me. And, and I don't want that to be uh, overlooked. This idea of the pillar of my life, of my manhood had to pass away. And when he passed away, he didn't leave me with any doubts about what's life like after death. But he's but he's gone. And it makes us think about those things, you know. Yeah. And one of the questions, one of the questions sometimes I have to ask myself 
or I ask people who are hard charging is, and then what? I got to go get this. Okay, fine. And then what? Oh yeah, then I got to graduate summa cum laude. And then what? And if you go through that question, those three words enough, the person will come to the idea that, and then I'm going to die. Yeah. You got to, you got to enjoy it. You got to, you got to, you got to figure out how to, how to enjoy this time and, 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 and definitely slow down, definitely slow down with it. I want to move the conversation a little bit because I, 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 and I'm going to personalize this for us. Um, in our last conversation, we talked about the power of faith in uh, unsettling times, and these are unsettling times. And even for me, as I as I I'm looking, I'm I'm looking for my faith again, and I'm saying that out loud. I, I'm saying I'm saying that out loud um, is that I'm looking for what my walk looks like now at 51, moving into 52. You know, as and and, and wanting to find a wanting to find a space to sit still, you know, that, that I don't, I don't want to say I, wanting to find a space that allows me to sit still consistently. Mm-hmm. What, what would you recommend? What would you do as, as I'm, I'm searching. That's, that's the, that's the simplistic form of this. I'm, I'm searching and I've said this all the time and I, I'm going to say this out loud because this is you and we're old friends. Right. Um, I never really felt that I found Christianity and, and, and the Baptist, the Baptist theology on my own. I was brought to church. Mom and dad was a part of us and, and the church gave me everything. But from a faith perspective, I, it was never, it never felt like it was mine. Mm-hmm. And so I have at points in time, to be honest with you, moved away because I was like, it's, it, this it it felt like this was forced upon me, mm-hmm. and I felt I felt shame mm-hmm. if I didn't practice a certain way. And I'm I'm saying things out loud that I've never said on this show, and so I want to find a way to practice consistently in something that I feel that is mine, mm-hmm. and I trust you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there are a lot of folks that may be in the same space. A lot of them. How would you speak to us? Yeah. That's a better question. Yeah, yeah. Listen, not just a lot of people in the same space. You're talking to someone who was in that same space. Imagine mm. how you felt growing up and multiply it by 10. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, so yeah. it's just like a lot of those shame feelings. Like I had one person, I'm not going to say their name because you know them. But, but when I showed up, I was probably like 11 years old, Chucky. And they said, oh, look, the prodigal son has returned. Now that I know the story of the prodigal son, I'm like, I was 11. Like, <laughs> where did I go and spend all my dad's money on prostitutes and wild living? Didn't happen. I'm 11. You know what I mean? But, right. but that's the way that they phrased it when I walked in the door. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but but here's where I think the beauty of where you are and where others are and where I find myself at times, it's all about questions. That's my advice is mm-hmm. ask God, ask your higher power, those questions. And one of the best questions that I propose to people is for them to ask, like, what's my purpose? And what's my purpose in your plan? And a lot of people know those two first answers. So here's where it gets even realer. On the third side, why is Jesus important? Because mm. the first question kind of explains why am I important? Mm. And then the second question is like, okay, and why are you important with my importance? But mm-hmm. then that third question is, okay, so, but why is Jesus important? Mm. And when a person asks those questions, I've experienced God answering those questions in a very beautiful way, meaningful way, which then makes me own my faith. Because if I, me and you as Christians, we follow Christ. So that's why that third right. question means so much. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, why is he important? And I, and, and we should know, right. We feel like we should, but I throw should out the window. Don't should on me. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> I, I, I want to know like how to own this thing. 
And so as I, I mean, I asked those questions. Um, I started asking those questions in college because on the hallway, there were people of many different faiths and mm-hmm. some of them actually lived a more moral life than I did. And so mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, so then why is Jesus important if this cat is able to do things morally that I'm struggling to do? And it just opened up a beautiful door of a relationship. And I think that's what the relationship part of it is, right? Like when you ask questions, when you show curiosity, the person that that you are asking those questions, they feel love. They feel like, oh, he, it's not stale. Oh, he still wants to get to know me. Yes. That's kind of what yes. you're doing. Right. You're building a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would challenge people to, to ask those three questions. And if they already have the answers to the first two, key in on that third question and just let it be a question you ask for at least a year. Right. That's interesting. What did you find to the answer to that yeah, third question? I'm happy to tell you, man. I, I was yeah. reading I was reading um the Bible pretty regularly, even though I wasn't following what I was reading, being honest. I, I was reading pretty regularly. There was a guy who who taught me early on. He said, just read Proverbs every day based on the date. So the day is 18th. You read the 18th chapter. It's 31 chapters. So even if you miss a day, you, you'll catch up by reading whatever day it is. But but I had gotten past that and I was starting to read Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus. Well, it just so happened that I started to read Romans at some point. And I believe it's in Romans where they said Jesus is the second Adam. Well, I had just finished reading Genesis. So I knew the purpose behind the first Adam. And if you follow Genesis, like all of those people say the God of Abraham, the God of, and they always repeat what their ancestor believed, you know, the God that that person believed in. So it was a lot like me. I had inherited this faith from my parents. But Mm. then when this idea of a second Adam came up, I'm like, oh, snap. Like Mm. we needed another way to commune with God eternally and and without shame like Adam once did. And it was just like, it was like one of those emojis where my head blew open. I was like, that's, that's amazing. Cause like I'm sitting here trying to make it so that we have this intimacy and this correct walk, but it was already taken care of by the second Adam who didn't do what Mm. the first Adam did. Man, right. opened the door for me in a lot of ways. So then once that question was answered, my next question was, okay, then why did he have to die? And then that progressively opened up the door for a few other answers that I, you know, started to gain. You, you had said earlier in our little um, outtakes with each other that you, you appreciate whenever I tell a story. So if you don't mind, I like to tell a quick story. No, please, please tell the so, story. So one of the connections for me about why he died was this idea of him putting on a spectacle for of our enemy. So we have an enemy of our soul, Satan. And so he's always trying to get at us and, and do different things. And so I like, I like boxing. Like I actually train boxing. I like boxing. I like watching all that stuff. I'm into it, man. I told my daughter and my son, I love it. So I'm reading this, this autobiography of, uh, or biography of Joe Frazier. And Joe okay. Frazier is like, he's smoking Joe. Yeah, smoking Joe. So Joe Frazier used to like to shoot craps. So he's shooting craps with people and he's shooting craps with his sparring partners. And so a couple of guys would, would beat him and whoever beat him for the most money, he, you know, he'll walk away like, okay, you got me. You beat me for my money. But Chuck, he would make that sparring partner the last sparring partner the next day. <laughs> and man, he would wear that dude out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and right. I think of how most recently we celebrated Easter on Good Friday, Jesus died on the cross. So whoever the enemies of God were, including Satan, they thought, yo, we won. Like we got him. Like, like he said he was going to do all this stuff. He's dead now. What, what else can he do to us? But on Sunday morning, he rose from the grave with all power in his hand. So he waited to whip that last enemy, which was death. Mm, wow. And as he whipped death, what he did, he did what Adam could never do. He not only gave us rightfulness, community with God, but eternal community with God. Mm. He had to defeat death so that mm. death could no longer have a, a, a hold on us. It could never, it could never right. sing us like it does right now. So even with you people, yeah, full circle, even with people who leave us, 
if they are in Christ, we have a chance to see them again. And for me, that excites me. You know what I mean? Because I have dead loved ones that I, I miss. But it, but it excites me even more because, look, Chucky, everybody who's ever died, like they, they might have been resuscitated. Like, you know, the whole thing like like this. But they died again. He is the only one that died and never had to die again. Right. So I don't mean to get too deep in it, but it's just like that, no, that's no, no, a pure miracle that has changed history forever. That's why the timeline has changed mm-hmm. after death, before Christ. It, it, right. Nothing can be the same after someone does something like that. Right. So you have to wow. ask that question, like, why is he important? And then why did he die? And, and as you get those answers, it's just like, all right, now I can own this faith. Mm. Revolutionaries, I, I I talked to you in the beginning of this. There were two people that I listened to. You see why I listened to Pastor Osazi Murray, right? It was his father that was the leader of the flock that I would go every Sunday and sit in the back or sit with my parents and listen. Always felt like something tangible had been, you know, moved in me. His son has that same fervor, right? That 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 same blessing, that same storytelling to make you think about. I've never, I've never, I've never even heard that before. I've never even heard it synthesized in such a manner, Osazi, mm. that allows for this thought-provoking opportunity for me. As I said, you know, I, I talk at length about it wasn't mine. You had to do this, and I don't think, and this is my opinion, I don't think that when you are finding your faith, that it should be anything that is imparted on you from a mercenary motive. And I don't say that in a bad way, right? But I grew up, you know, and you had to do this or you could not do this. Instead of saying, I want to do this because I'm being led to this. And I think when, you know, for me, I will say, for me, I I became resentful that it wasn't my walk. It was someone else's walk. And so I tried to find everything else because it was it was it was mine. I could determine what was mine instead of something saying you had to do this and then being shamed about it if I if I practice differently. Mm-hmm. And 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 so there, I, I know that there are, are thousands, millions of people that may have had a similar experience that are out here looking for stillness, that are looking for freedom, that understanding that death is coming, and they want to want slow life down. They want to find peace. They want to find freedom. And the only way to do this is to find some modicum of faith in something. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. Osaja, I want to close out on this. Prayer. Talk about that. Talking about the Talk about how to pray. This is, again, is a personalized question that I think many people may be asking. I'm 51 years old and I don't even know if I know how to pray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, how, how, how would you say to someone to begin praying simply, I don't even correctly, or maybe the, that's not even the term, but to just begin a practice of prayer how to pray you know what's awesome man no matter what age like like that's what jesus's disciples would say is teach teach us to pray so it's just it's one of those things where it's just like saying to god or others like teach us to pray it's not even a it's a good thing right (laughs) to say like teach us to pray so for prayer like like the biggest thing is my dad again he uses this acronym A-C-T-S-O. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and others. So so if you put it together, it's ACTSO, A-C-T-S-O. But just the adoration of, of the fact that you and I are addressing a God that needs no sleep. So off back, right? You are creator, we are creature. That's an adoration in itself, right? Mm-hmm. I was asleep last night. And, and, and the world kept going. The, the moon didn't cause the waves to uproar and, and flush everything out because you were awake and I was asleep. 
So that's adoration, even if you don't get past that, right? Then confession. Confession could be as simple as, but sometimes I do think I'm you. And I demand things of other people because I think it's right. But if I knew the whole picture, if I had your wisdom, I probably would choose the way you chose it. That's a confession. I've confessed that to God. I've said, like, God, I would have made a different decision than you, but I have limited knowledge. So I confess that to you. Then, All knowing. then Thanksgiving, God, I thank you that you didn't put me in charge, you know, in that moment. Or I thank you that I have my limbs. I have my, 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 my digits. I have whatever it is I have. I'm thankful for it. It comes from you. Supplication just means I am asking you to supply something that I need you to supply. Mm. So, Lord, would you supply this for me today? And then others ending that prayer time, just remembering that there are others that I want to bring before you, God. It's not just about me. There are others that I may have wronged. It's not just about me who's been wrong. And so that is just a simple acronym that I hope will help everyone that's listening to begin praying or to continue praying. But but you can find examples of that in the Lord's prayer, the one that a lot of people know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Look at that. That's adoration. Yeah, eventually that's it gets right. to confession. Eventually it gets to Thanksgiving. Eventually it talks about supplication and it always talks about others. Mm. I try to, I try mm. to like, you know, do it in a short period of time, yeah. but, but I think prayer is, is so vital, man. It's, it's just like my dad, you know, one day just talking about him, it was an anniversary of the church. And, uh, I just said, man, how, how did you stay this long? And he was like prayer. But I think if you were to ask people who've been happily married for a long time, you'd ask them, how did that work out for you? Prayer. Like, like, <laughs> so, so the answer is there. We just got to actually agree with the answer. Right. My mother would my mother would say that answer. How did you stay? How did you stay married to Charles Corporal Jr. for 57 years? She would say prayer. She would say prayer. She was like, how do I put up with my son right now who tried to tell who tries to tell me to do everything? Because, but I'm an 83 year old woman. I can do whatever I want to do. How do I do that? Prayer. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the um, cool part is, Chuck, you know, this. you could do it when you jog. You could do it when you swim. Mm-hmm. You can do it when you're driving. You can do it praying on your knees. You could do it with your face laid out flat on the ground. Like prayer is one of those things where it's just like, that's really the come as you are moment. Yeah, it is. I, I, I want you to know my gratitude for what you, what you have just poured into me and poured into my revolutionaries. My Um, gratitude for inviting me again. Thank you. Because, you know, um, my good friend, Dr. Travis Batts, who we have a recurring show called Revolt and Evolve. We talked about, we talked about vulnerability. Uh, on one of the episodes and how, how do we get to, how do we get to vulnerability? And my hypothesis was that we get to vulnerability with time and trust. Right. And so, um, we have time, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? We, we have time. Like, uh, we got at least 30 something years in the game, right? Time. Right. And we have trust. Yeah. Right. And, and we have trust. And for me to, for me to ask such a vulnerable question, right, to you to say, I don't know if I don't know how to pray. How do I do this in front of in, in front of the millions of listeners <laughs> that, li- that listen to this show? You know, I I, I, I am tremendously grateful uh, for you and just that opportunity and 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 pouring into me and our revolutionaries and 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 I'm going to hope that they have been able to listen to this episode and listen and just listening to that. Right. Cause we're going to clip that up right yeah. there. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. Because many people are out here in this world wondering who are lost, right. Who are frantic. Yeah. And if, if the theme of this show is stillness and freedom, knowing how to pray right in those, right. Will allow you because you've got to be still to move through AXO. Yes. 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 You've got to be still. Yes. And that is the, and I, I already know the episode, the power of stillness, yeah. right? Yeah. We had the, we had the power of faith in unsettling times, the power of stillness. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what this great, is. Hey, that's a great title, man. Especially after the pandemic, we all want to get out. Yes. We all want to move. Yes. But the pandemic could have taught us be still. 
And it's so easy to forget that. Right. So so now the invitation is be still in the natural rhythms of life. Right. Mm. Still in the not you're right, right. So, so listen, I'm grateful to be on the show with you, and you're right. We got years together. I, I've always admired you, and 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 I appreciate the the mutuality of it. Playing baseball, I said, "Hey man, how can I do better at this?" You know, I, I rocked a purple shirt today just to rock with you. So you know, it's it's, it's yeah, all man, love, I'm man. Grateful. Yeah, I'm grateful. Thank you for you and all that you're doing in the world. I mean, revolutionary. I want you. So when, when you when you imagine what a true revolutionary looks like someone who leads a flock, someone who right understands where they are in the world and says, this is who I am. There has never been, I have never seen Osazi Murray be anything other than Osazi Murray. Thank you, man. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you want, the realness. That That's Norfolk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's Norfolk. But you are, you are imbibe, you embody what we are here. Like when we think of people who are revolutionary in this world, Right, who are inspired, who are inspiring people to be greater than themselves. You know, knowing that this revolution around faith and prayer is not just your revolution for yourself; that it, you do this for others. Right, that you're that you're not just praying for yourself and your family; you're praying for the world. You're praying for others, and that's what we need, brother. And so, I want to say thank you for you. You know, all, all that you do. Revolutionaries, you know that we love you and that we are grateful for the time that you spend here listening and watching and working through answering what we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life. We hope that if at any point in time that you need help, that you have the ability to reach out to me or my team or anyone to help you fulfill and answer that question. But you got this. Find a way. I, I, I promise you that the answer is in the stillness. If you don't know, the answer to that question, what's a revolution, is in the stillness. So we look forward to another time with you. And again, you know that we love you soon. Peace, everyone. Are you still are you still doing the um, hip hop hip hop thing yeah, a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah, I sure am. Yeah, man. So we actually we sell these shirts, and then um, I got a new album that should come out by the end of the year, hopefully. Okay, uh, we gonna have to we gonna have to plug that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the last time we talked. Um, you know, the beginning of the show was about your father and the, 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 the you know just his work, like the the legacy of his work. And um, it was interesting talking to Kim and her mother. And she was like, when, when was the last time you went to church? I was like, I really don't go. She's like, wow. I was like, Red Murray's gone. <laughs> you know, I was like, um, and I was like, I, I, you know, I can't wrap my head around, you know, hearing or listening to anyone else at this point. Other than, and, and to really be honest with you, Osasi, you probably are the only other person that I listen to. Wow. Yeah, um, and that is just uh, again like your message and how you know how relatable you are when you preach. You know, I think that we, I said that the last time, but just how relatable you are and how you bring the message uh, home and in, in such a manner that people can—it's palatable to folks. Prayer is one of those things where it's just like. That's really the come as you are moment. What's your revolution?